Hey, how about I go make a drink? I feel like making a sip. Yeah, make a drink. You I'll can make- do you can do that, right? Like you can you can fix a drink, right? I can fix a drink, put it on ice, get it liquored up and looking real nice. I can make a stink. I can make a I can have a wank. I'll be right back. Okay. Stephen King adaptation with Ooh. Sir Jonathan Cusack and Samuel Jackson and uh, and Tony Shaloub and Shaloub was a present a present he was a present he was a gift mm, he was this movie uh, back in the archives we've covered Thirteen Ghosts that featured Tony Shaloub so he's returning to the pod. And Georgie kind of picked it and kind of threw it away as I want to hear Nixie kind of gush over this movie because I guess we both know you're a fan already. But I actually didn't quite remember because I knew you were a fan of uh, No Vacancy. And I think I got these two confused a little bit. Oh, you mean Vacancy? Vacancy, okay. Yeah. So... When he said it, I was like, oh, okay, that's the one he liked. But maybe you just really like them both. Uh, so let's start with you. When did you first see this movie? And is it true that you're actually, this is one of a fave, a Nixie fave? Hang on, the checks mixes make I come back. Oh. <laughs> you just puke all over, all over the place. I puke into my Nickelodeon beverage and, and I'm it's like, green. I, it's yeah, green. I'm like, reason. I got like, the green oh! song. That's good booze. Um, yeah, so I yeah I love this fucking movie. It's probably on my top ten list of uh, favorite horror movie lists. Um, and I like Vacancy a lot too. So that's fair that you got them confused. Um, I think they came out around the same time too. Plus I could be wrong. Lead, plus the leads are both kind of what same aged white guys with dark hair. <laughs> that's fair, right? That's fair. Um, but yeah, actually, the first time I saw this dude, it's kind of funny. Um, I think I technically saw it illegally. Um, <gasps> uh, when I was younger, growing up, I go to Maine every summer, and we would stop off and visit my uh, other set of cousins, my aunt and uncle in New Hampshire. And my uncle, I'm not still sure what he was to this day, like job wise, but he was always having access to like uh brand new movies in theater early 
uh it was kind of weird but like we'd come we'd go up there and so instead of like going to the theater he would just have dvd copies of like the newest spider-man and uh because like spider-man 2 came out one summer or um like the newest harry potter movie that had come out or you know anything that we wanted to watch he would just have them and as a kid i thought it was just like a perk of his job i don't even know what he did but looking back now i think he's just pirate like you know just illegal downloads right or something early days of you know burning dvd because they wouldn't look right sometimes they would look you know yeah like, yeah but as a kid i didn't know that and i didn't really care i remember i rewatched harry potter and the order of the phoenix even though it was a really shitty version like someone's shitty camcorder i watched it so much uh when we visited him one summer anyways um that's how i saw 1408 one night i remember we were all sitting there on the couch and it was a it was me, my mom, my brother, my other aunt, her three sons. And so then, and then obviously my three cousins, aunt and uncle that lived there. So we were all just sitting around. Some of them may have gone downstairs to play Xbox or something, but I was just sitting there and my uncle put on 1408 and said it was a Stephen King movie and everything else. So I was a horror fan. So I just, I, uh, I sat there and watched it and I fucking loved it. I thought it was like creepy and great. And I, lo- I was already obsessed with like hotel rooms already so um it just always stuck with me and since then it's just been a favorite to go back and watch every so often i try and watch it every october because it's a good spooky flick and um yeah that's how i first i think i saw it illegally technically but as a kid i didn't know this is 2007 i think so yeah this interesting you say because my dad has has always worked like in the city of baltimore um and he like occasionally he'd come back like, hey i got this uh movie this guy was selling dvds and it'll be some movie and i'll look at him of course it's not in like a it's like a crappily made case like they'll try and make the cover right right and I'll look print, at they'll it. just print it it might not be like they have this movie like do you want me to get it and i think i'd be maybe on the phone with them or something i'm like I was like, that movie's not out because I've collected DVDs for a long time. I was like a DVD collector. I've that was my passion for a little while, just collecting DVDs. <laughs> Move like I have held I had a hell of a DVD collection, which I guess is kind of obsolete now in some ways. And I remember like being like in the know a little bit more than my father, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, he's more old school. And I'm like, I that movie's not out that movie's in theater still i think how does he what do you mean i was so curious but eventually of course he brought one home and i'd watch it and like and you see people like walking in front of the screen like oh, oh somebody yeah. recorded this like, you never know what and sometimes you would get good versions of it and i'm like oh okay and it was my first introduction to that being a thing yeah so yeah, it's it, I remember those types of uh, bootleg DVDs were a thing that people were making money off of. Which more power to them, I guess. But I never, if it was really, if it was bad like that, I couldn't. Like people would pirate movies, like, hey, I just saw this movie. I watched it way early. I'm like, whoa, no way. But if it wasn't quality like that, or there was like subtitles on it, you couldn't really hear, or you heard it, and it sounded like you're in an echoey room. I'd be like, I'll just wait. I've never been the guy to put up with, yeah. even as a you know, as a kid. Like, no, sorry, dude. I'm actually really um anti like pi- pirating shit and illegally downloading or 
streaming like fuck off cool. i have some friends that try and get me to use these sites and stuff that they said they watch movies on and i'm like either go to the theater or just fucking wait like so many people put their time and money and effort and i feel less um bad for like big hollywood movies obviously but at the same time it's like you know it is just wrong so like don't do it don't tell me that you're doing it um and so like fuck any fuck those assholes like selling these because they're also ripping people off like they're selling these shitty dvds to like your dad who probably thought they were genuine exactly he doesn't Um, realize what's going on yeah like so just fuck those type types of people and just uh i could and you know it, it is sad when someone would be like I watched the movie already and, and like I think someone sent me a link to it once and I it's the only time I've ever clicked on a link to watch something it was when I was younger and it was it was just like a you it was like a mystery science theater 3000 where like you saw yeah. people walk in and the audio was shit and I'm like you so you watch this movie this way for the first time ever like fuck that that is so shitty um so looking back I remember the Harry Potter one I watched a lot from my uncle. I never clicked, but um, it was, you know, like it looked like the camera, the tripod wasn't set up or the, so it kind of had like an askewed view of the movie. So yeah, it was sometimes really it would have like a watch. tilt. Sometimes yeah. it would be tilted. Yeah. And, I, and even then, especially now, but movies and stuff are a getaway. You want to sit down and watch it and enjoy it. I couldn't imagine wanting to watch something so bad that just go in and can you record it for me so i can see what it's it was such a different time i don't i guess, i mean i assume there are still people like that but even then as a kid i wanted nothing to do with like piracy or like no i want the i want the movie i'll, yeah. I'll watch it with the way it's supposed to be watched i don't need to see it tilted with you know people talking or walking across the screen during the movie well, a lot of people now they'll they'll legally stream because of like you know like I'm not paying for fucking Netflix or some shit like that. If I want to watch this movie, I'll just find a good, I'll torrent it or whatever. And I'm just like fuck that. Like just pay three ninety nine and rent it. Well, it, it is different now because people actually can find mm. the things they want to watch in the same quality almost. I mean, times have changed yeah. with that. Like I don't think people are a lot of people are watching uh movies recorded in the theater anymore now they can find the shit but even then of course i mean i i have so many streaming services just because not just for me and this podcast but i have a daughter who loves watching movies also and i love that about her so we have disney and disney comes in a package with hulu and espn but Mm -hmm. i have to have netflix I have to have Prime because a lot of my shopping comes from Prime and it comes with Prime anyway. Uh, Peacock happened. It has a WWE network. And that's where I watch all the wrestling pay-per-views when I get a chance. So I have to have that. And Paramount came out and had all these old school cartoons from when I was a kid on Nickelodeon that I would love if my daughter potentially got into, like Avril Monsters and all these shows, Legends of the Hidden Temple. So I have all these services already. So I, uh, yeah, I, I get, there's so many uh, streaming services, I guess, that uh, people probably think, I, people are probably against having a lot of the streaming services, which I understand. 
So maybe that's why they, I don't know. I'm not saying I can't sympathize because obviously I fucking hate having all these different streaming services. Like I refuse to get Peacock and Paramount and all that shit. Um, But at the same time, it doesn't give you a good reason to break the law because it is like wrong. I, I mean, know. it's it, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's straight up stealing. So, anyways, I don't know how we got on. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Like, it is yeah. the first time I watch how I watched fourteen oh eight, but I remember it actually being of decent quality. And maybe he didn't even really. Maybe it wasn't like a. Maybe he actually did have it. I can't remember, but I don't. I I think it was something he had downloaded or whatever. Um, but either way, I fell in love with it, and ever since then, it's just a fucking. I'd probably say that to me, it's like my favorite Stephen King based movie. I've seen it so many times. Um, wow. And I just really, really love it. I think John Cusack's obviously killer in it. And then just they're like seeing and Samuel Jackson's in it, but he's in it a very finite amount. And um, even just, I could watch his and Cusack scene together on repeat, just because the way they just bounce off each other and the dialogue and the, it just flows so great and like sets up the movie perfectly. Um, so I, and I just like the story. I think it's like refreshing. So you've never seen it, right? No, I still haven't gotten around to it. So this is going to be a weird pod. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah, I, yeah, I watched it for the first time for this. And this is a movie that we have talked about years ago. You mentioned this, this is something that has been brought brought up a few times now vacancy you actually i actually watch because you put it on at one of my many places that i've lived oh did we watch that together we have yeah because you had it on there's a time wherever you would chill with me at my place whether it was in florida philly maryland wherever it was any of my places uh you would just have movies on all the time you just and that's when i i remember i watched uh friday the 13th with uh, Crispin Glover. That one was the first time. I watched part... I thought that was with Georgie. Uh, yeah, he was there at my place, too. I was in Philly. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, so we remember. we watched that. You had that on. It's where we watched Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop. Um, Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. That's As of joke, Love we Guru. watched the Love Guru. That backfired. Love Guru was actually worse than Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. Mm-hmm. I was laughing at Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. Love Guru, I was silent and in agony. <clears throat> it was tough. It was it was tougher than I thought it would be. But the whole bit was I'm not changing it. And I think <laughs> I tortured myself. I don't know. Maybe I was mad about Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. I'm not sure. But yeah, you had had these. You even had Medea on at one point. I think I was asleep during. I think I missed the Medea when you had Medea on. I, <laughs> or I maybe remember. Big Mama's House. Hey, I grew up on Big Mama's House. Maybe you had Big Mama's House two or something on there. Dude, I always get a kick in the first one when the real Big Mama says, "Not in Big Mama's house," and then she teams up with Martin Lawrence, Big Mama. Oh God! And they run into the guy together, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, I forgot. But yeah, I uh, so I watched it for the first time for this just the other day, and I don't know how many psychological thrillers, horror like we've covered psychological horrors that we've covered so far. I think it's very few, and um, 
it's an interesting genre for me because I do like the psychological aspect of everything. And, but you do have to pay more attention as opposed to like a dumb, straightforward slasher. True. Slashing gash. And I sat down, I was in a good headspace and was ready to focus and it kept my attention the entire time. But it also had the thing where I was like, okay, please don't hit me with the, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Wild Things. Wild I think that's things. what it was called. It had Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Dylan, Neff Campbell. Neff yep, yep, Campbell. Yep. And Some titties in it. It ah. was so funny. All the twists and turns that that movie took. Right. It was insane to where you were just laughing. I mean, it, it had to be on purpose. It kept switching. Oh my! It was so funny. So whenever there's a psychological uh, horror movie like this, I automatically assume how many rides are you going to take me on? And also, please don't hit me with the what happened? What what happened? Oh, honey, what what do you mean? You were you were out like a light. It, like I hate the it was all a dream thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it becomes such a cop out. Of no, you dreamt the whole movie. You were, it was just a dream. It never really happened. Like, no. So, so I was on my toes a little bit for this. I love John Cusack. And, um, yeah, I, it, but this didn't drag for me, which I was also kind of nervous about because we're not going to be hit every few seconds with something new. Like, I, this had, uh, I think, essential buildup. All the buildup to this before we really got into the meat of this movie made sense to me. And that's another thing I was worried about going into it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I knew yeah. like, when he wasn't at the hotel, when he wasn't at 1408 yet, I was like, I was like, how long is it going to take for him to get to 1408? But I wasn't thinking about that the entire time. The build up to it was time fine for me. I wasn't, lost i wasn't like okay can we get to the creepy hotel yet everything made sense leading Mm -hmm. up to which helped a long way because i I was a little nervous going into this one to be honest because i wasn't i mean i didn't know what to expect okay so i mean yeah it definitely doesn't start off like immediately hey you're in 1408 here, here it is like movie starts off right away like no there's some i dude i really do love this movie in every aspect like i like the way his character's written i love the fact that he's a author turned like uh scammy scummy ghost author like top 10 most haunted lighthouses and they play on that like when he goes to that book signing that shit's great um well they did that that i mean what you just said is perfect because they said what you just said or they portrayed what you just said perfectly when they had the one girl come up on the line is she has the old book of when he used yeah. to be like a legit writer to sign and he's kind of oh like kind of where did you how much where'd you find this where'd you get this and they so they basically portrayed what you just said with that scene perfectly yeah like, like so I, yeah you're right that's a great thing to point out and it, well, what's cool too is this movie doesn't start with a usually like horror movies or psychological thrillers will start with some kind of like sting you know like like this movie could have started with somebody in 1408 
and we watch them die or something. And then we cut to the stuff with John Cusack to lead it in. And instead, the movie starts very quiet. He's going to a hotel to just check it out. He does a little investigating and we get like, and nothing happens. There's no, he doesn't think it's haunted or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just love watching his character interact with people. And there's obviously something awful that happened that turned him this way. Um, And we get to see his, his, his relationship with his publisher, Tony Shalhoub and, or his agent, one of those two. Mm -hmm. Um, But then he gets a card or a, a postcard in the mail from the dolphin motel saying don't enter 1408 and so he tries to make it book in the room and it's just like the fact that they won't let him book it and then he finally shows up and threatens his way in and then him and samuel jackson have that conversation and dude it's legit one of my favorite scenes probably in any movie i don't know why i just love i just love their interaction and like the background of the room and then you mean when they were in the room where they went up together alone, where he offers uh, Cusack the booze when they're alone together in that room? Yeah, in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like that a lot too. It's so dope, and like because you learn about the room, you learn it sets everything up, and I, it culminates in a fucking amazing line where John Cusack is, uh, you know, uh, saying oh, the specter in 1408. He's like, no, no, Samuel Jackson says, no, 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 there's nothing like that in 1408, whatever. He's like, oh, sorry, what do you want? Uh, spook? Ghost? He's like, no, no, no. He's like, then what is it? It's an evil fucking room. It's such a... I wish I'd written that line. It's su- <laughs> It just leaves the door open to where it's like, okay, this is not going to be your usual... There's a haunt... There's a, the ghost of a suicidal bride in the room that's causing all this it's just an evil fucking room for no reason whatsoever and that is terrifying and it really sets it up for what happens um because like i try to imagine myself being in that scenario and i'm claustrophobic so like the idea that or what happens later to john cusack when he starts to try to get out of the room is terrifying um on top of the fact that you slowly start to realize like oh anything can happen in this fucking room like anything and then it also an added layer to all of this is it really for a little bit lets you think like is he imagining all this is is did the samuel jackson character spike the drink the alcohol is you know is because there's that shot where um john cusack is kind of starting to lose it and he opens the fridge and sees a small samuel jackson in there and he's like what do you want from me and he starts beating up the fridge and when we cut to in the room you see that the fridge is just normal and he's fucking losing it that Um, was such a awesome touch to me i actually put that down on my notes the fact that they put that in there as the drink being spiked as a possibility was incredible because when they were in the office scene that you like so much earlier he mentions you know yeah i will have a glass like cusack accepts it and then sammy ends up giving him the whole bottle he goes sure it's a very expensive bottle of booze and he puts it in his bag and takes it he goes i'm still staying in the room so samuel's kind of like god damn it like i was kind of trying to bribe you i don't want you to stay in the room but now you took the booze and you're still staying in the room so for him to come back later and that to be brought up as a potential oh maybe it was spiked was such a, a awesome touch to make you make it seem kind of more realistic honestly like maybe i mean i don't know what we're no. watching maybe it was spiked and I will say, before he goes there, 
he's out surfing. Mm. So we had to cover that. Cusack's yeah. out surfing, but he's there. He goes out to, he's about to go to the Dolphin Hotel and he gets like nailed by a wave or whatever and he's on shore. And right then there, my, like my first note was, oh no, dead the whole time? Question mm. mark. Uh, it was, oh no. So I, in the back of my mind, everything I, most of the things I watched for this movie, I was already thinking, we're definitely cutting back to him on the beach, aren't we? Waking up. When he like, Ledger revives him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was like, oh no, he's going to be knocked out. He made all this up. Mm. So I had that. Uh, I had that. But oh, and another thing is the way that this was shot once he's in the hotel. And of course, this had to be on purpose. They shot this the way they had the camera set up. You're they have you constantly looking in the background. Mm. It's like you're waiting for something to run by, you're waiting for a shadow, you're waiting for something to turn around. You had had it had you looking for shit without even having to do it. Yeah. Which was awesome. Yeah. Like they'll have uh Cusack at maybe like you say he's at a sink. But he'll be at the very right of the frame. So you have a lot of left side of the screen to look at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it makes you think, what's is something gonna run by? Is there gonna be is there gonna be something there? Yeah. This did a good job of keeping you at the edge of your seat, like aware at all times. It made you pay attention. Yeah. That's per that's awesome. Well, what I also love is this movie just has like the script is just great. Uh and the direction and the acting's just really sub, like fucking awesome. And um, what I like though is like the, the the little comedic moments we get really, uh, really mean a lot to me. I don't know why, but like it just makes it feel. <sighs> to me, this feels like a really realistic ghost movie, which is cool because like thirteen ghosts, that feels very comic booky and kind of uh um kind of uh like b movie kind of ghost story this feels just i don't know it just feels so real and i just love some of like the real world aspects and the fact that he's a scammy scummy writer that had something awful happen to him and he's doing this these shitty ghost books and no matter what comes his way like he's still like i'm gonna stay in the room because there's I'm not there's nothing wrong with it even though Samuel Jackson drops like there's been 56 deaths <laughs> in the right. room and he's just Ooh. he's still gonna stay in there um well, and then just it's, how it's something that people actually do you know they stay in hotel rooms and try and do the shit as opposed to 13 ghosts they don't go into you know a see-through house and come across <laughs> 13 <laughs> different ghosts with 13 different backgrounds so yeah, I mean, people go and stay at haunted hotels. I mean, even actors who they're filming a movie, you're going to stay at this hotel and they'll ask for, let me stay at the most haunted room and shit like that. So yeah, it definitely, it, you you connect with it more because you do buy into the realism of it being a thing. It is a thing. I no. guess it could, well, I mean, part of it could happen. And then this, you know, they take over with, here's what happened. But I also love how they take their time to 
get him into the room and get things like spooky happening. I love that it's not as soon as he shuts the door in the room, bam, spooky shit. Yeah. So it's it's gradual. We have the beat with the um the maintenance guy coming to fix the air conditioner. That shit's great. Like, I ain't coming in this room. Yeah. He, oh, that was great because like, he tells him, I'll tell you from the, it's anybody could do it. And he tells him from the doorway, from the threshold, like, you just take that off. You turn that. He goes, oh, thanks. There you go. Perfect. Let me give you a tip. And he turns around. He's already gone. Yeah. Walking down the hallway. And they did a good job, too, of making you kind of, because, you know, the, what movie you're watching, you kind of want Cusack to, like, the door is open and you're watching go like step out the room now go you want him to go go follow him and get out of that room yeah instead he goes back in and closes it it's the movie does a great job of setting up some dread but also just making you fall in love with the characters i mean obviously you don't get to spend a lot of time with like shalhoub or samuel jackson but i genuinely just wanted to like be in john cusack's world more just for some reason their chemistry and the way they all worked i just really loved it so then when cusack's all alone in the room you feel it you feel the isolation and you um you feel like you're in the room with him which is really cool and um when the shit starts happening like the alarm clock going off we've only just begun (laughs) that's fucking great and then like when he walks he eventually walks in and he sees like the chocolate the chocolates back on the pillow that he had already eaten and um he starts trying to break it down he's like okay someone had to come in do this he's like let's and i love that he keeps talking to his tape recorder that's always been one of my um favorite things in any movie ever like a little character thing uh when it when i saw it when i was younger it made me want to get a tape recorder and start like just talking to myself because i thought that was a really cool writer thing i love so many things norm and dirty work remember he had Norman Dirtywork had his tape recorder. He goes, uh, "Note the self." But yeah, that's I, great. I also like the uh, the tape recorder bit. And in the beginning, Cusack's trying to justify every action that's happening in the beginning until he. The next time he's talking to the tape recorder is basically him pleading with his own sanity, kind of. Yeah, like they spiked the drink. They did this. They did that, and. I mean, yeah, once shit gets going, you're you're on a ride. It literally builds an emotional like connection with a tape recorder to where like I love the opening of the movie when he's uh in the car driving and he's just like talking about the hotel he just stayed in. He's like, uh, I'll give them five four on the shiver scale, I award them four skulls. He puts the tape recorder down, then he changes his mind, grabs it back, and he's like, screw him, three skulls, puts them back. Um <laughs> He when him and Samuel Jackson are meeting, he keeps like talking. He's like, manager Gerald Olin is constant is reciting his the ledger, you know. And I just love it. It's so witty. And then he's like, uh, Samuel Jackson says, "You drink?" And then he says, "Of course. I just said I was a writer." <laughs> I just love so many things like that. There's so many little character traits that really the fact that he keeps a cigarette, cigarette behind his ear and he's like, "Do you smoke?" He's like, "No." quit and then samuel like looks at it is like huh he says oh no this is in case nuclear war breaks out that kind of thing um which yeah. honestly for i think i mimicked as a kid i started keeping a cigarette behind my ear oh my for a while i just thought it was actually like a genuinely dope thing because like what if it ever is like you know you're about to die and you can just light up a cigarette that's pretty <laughs> sick 
there is something really interesting about that yeah it um yeah this is a tough one to kind of describe i mean because there's the the now the backstory that we slowly start to learn throughout the movie i gotta admit i bet it hits you fucking hard yeah I, I admittedly I, I it was like oh no I, I don't like that now it's this is not a hit on the movie at all it's just something that I didn't want to confront or I, I didn't want it to like be into my mind hmm. it, it affected me like, a lot yeah actually because the backstory is Cusack has you see that he has this wife and this daughter and this the daughter has like dark eyes and she has uh cancer and she's asking her dad questions of like what's going to happen or what's it going to be like when like are like all is these heaven que- real is heaven real and uh all these questions about what's going to happen when she dies like she's accepted she just wants to know what happened and he's like not accepting uh it's like no we want you know it was uh it was really rough to watch honestly <laughs> dude it's so uh, it hits you because <laughs> And it, it makes you perfectly understand his character. Like, yep, yep. I get what the movie was doing, but man, it's like I didn't want to, like, because, you know, man, you're a father. You can't help but think, put yourself in their shoes a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what would you do? And to me, it's like, I don't know, but we're going to find out together, baby. <laughs> Once you go, I'll be, I'm, I'm going with you. And so, like, watching that was really, uh, I got, like, that's one of the heaviest things we've ever covered, like, for me personally. So that, I'll admit, like, even though I was, like, against it, it was, like, I don't want to, this is not something I want to watch. I get it. It fit the movie. It fit everything so much in his relationship with the mother of the kid. And Well, it's really heartbreaking when, um, after the daughter passes, we show him like in the wife fighting and he's like, we should have done more instead of filling her head with all this nonsense about oh. angels. And it's so heartbreaking. And you're like, damn. Um, and then to make it even worse, like the, it really sends home that the room is fucking evil because like you start hearing the little girl laugh around the room. Yeah. And no, um, eventually, yeah, eventually it's like daddy. And she see like, he sees her. Yeah. And they're like hugging at one point, and she turns to Ash. And it's fun. Yeah, oh, dude, let, hold on. Let's hold off on that because that's towards the end. Because um, he tries getting out of the room several times. He looks through the eye hole of the door, and it's bricked up. The fucking door handle disappears, breaks off. He tries climbing out the window and sees that there's no other window he can climb in. He tries climbing up in the vents. No go on that. A lot of great shit. And then yeah. eventually, the room starts like fucking up there's cracks in the wall water seeping through and a huge blast of wave comes in and sweeps them up and that's when we cut back to the beach that you mentioned yep it's uh john cusack needed a giant kayak when that water started coming through (laughs) am i right uh he needed a john boat but what (laughs) but i um i like how it they it did seem like he exhausted all of his options there right the window and then with the window he's going to the sledge and it made you feel in it like if you're afraid of heights like i'm afraid of heights he's going like that ledge and he's going through and there's no end in sight so he had to go back and there's someone in the window and at first 
he gets his hand smashed and the, the window shuts on his hand at first before he really starts believing all the shit and then he throws like he throws something out the window and it just it gets to the bottom and just goes like it turns into static and it's gone so it makes you like feel like oh wow he's just stuck in this rotation of nothing what like he threw like a lamp yeah like dude how about the fact this is 2007 right was that the first time anybody has thrown shade (laughs) that's good um I love that, you know, I just thought about it, you saying all that. He literally is the coolest character ever because he actually does, he tries doing everything that we would do in that situation. Yes. You know, like in horror movies where you're like, do that, bitch, like open the window or, you know, grab that thing. He's trying actively to get out of this situation once he realizes like, oh, something's amiss here. And so it feels really real and Remember the bit where he like looks out the window, he's trying to wave at the person and then building across. Yes. It he's is trying, so he wants to get out of that room and he sees somebody like one window is open, like across from him in another building. And the person waves back, like, yes, yes. He's getting all excited, but then he slowly realizes it's doing it's... all the same motions he's doing. Yeah. And you're watching it, and it's just him it, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean it's psycholo- creepy as fuck. Psychological horror. I mean, if that's what it's labeled and that's what it does yeah so i will say that so yeah well then he wakes up on the beach and this is where the movie really starts to fuck with you because for a good like 20 minutes the movie has you believe that it was all a dream yep um that when he got knocked out on the beach on the washed up because it starts off right up there and he winds up in the hospital and his ex-wife shows up and he's like i was in this room and you i saw katie and all this shit he goes to dinner with his ex-wife. Um, he reconnects with her. He starts writing the book of, of 1408, his story about it, um, talking with his publisher. And the movie really, ha- it goes, what's cool is like it for a little bit, you're like, nah, this, he's not really out. Mm-hmm. But then it goes for so long that you actually are like, oh, fuck, he's out. Yeah, like yeah. he was never there. Um, he asks his wife, like, will you stay? Because he's in la i think she's in new york yep like we stay she's like she can he's like disappointed and there's a few telltale signs like he's looking at a few people that are in his uh what he thinks is like a or what everyone perceives to be like a dream or what he thought of in his head but he's seeing real characters faces like the waiter at the restaurant is somebody in the really real dream he had by the way, we're leaving out like a ton of stuff because there's so much stuff to cover. But yeah, for a long... I, I gotta say though, as much as this is, I was a little like, okay. So they do the beach thing. And I didn't want it to be the beach thing. Like he just dreamt or imagined all that. But then we go down and he's, he's back. And then we realize, oh no, he's still in it. I don't, I, I don't, it was a little like, okay, so he's not, he's not out of it now. Okay, we're, we're still in it. This whole time, we're still in it. Here we go. And it, there was some confusing stuff. By the way, this movie, I watched, I think, three endings of this movie. Okay. 
Did you watch all the endings? I know I've seen them all before. I didn't rewatch them for this. Okay. But dude, so let me just say before we get going here. Yeah. I have seen this movie so many times. Like that's why I didn't rewatch it for this, but it's funny actually talking about it makes me want to once we're done with this go watch it cuz I love this movie so fucking much and I get mm-hmm. pumped like thinking about it. Um so to me, it's not confusing, obviously, because I've seen it so many times. Well, I, I want to know what ending you are most familiar with, because I think I watched the Blu-ray copy that uh, Georgie gave me, and it's not the theatrical ending. So the first ending that I saw wasn't, I, I don't think is the most known ending. Okay, yeah. Well, so I'd the, like to know what you watched. My favorite ending, and also the ending that I first ever saw, and is the ending I watch every time, is the one that... Um, ends up with him living because the other two endings are where he dies okay so we'll get there in a second but mm-hmm. i love the fact that like he gets out of the room like and it's kind of like a oh he it was all a dream or whatever because then when it brings him back and just like i thought i was like god damn that is the most evil cruelest thing this room is and i so on constant rewatch i love this room as a character like it's so evil it's trying so hard to make him so depressed or angry enough to kill himself and i'm like god damn that is like genius horror writing yeah. well, we had to bring that up is that they said like no one lasts more than an hour in that room yeah. and then it's basically you can keep so we watched this entire movie we experienced this trauma with for an hour and we watched the clock by the yep. bed and counting now down to one. it's like Zero. do you want to keep being in an end- endless loop of that or yeah. do you just want to uh check out yeah and a noose is there yeah and he's I was, and that's when i was i was like because i was like a little bit out of it and i was like back in it again i was like oh okay that's so good <laughs> yeah it's like we can relive this hour again and again if you want because yeah. it's like the hotel voice on the phone talking to him and that's when the room starts like remember the room fuck it is just like in tatters it looks like a bomb went off yeah. And he's like flipping out and the clock's getting ready to count down to zero. And that's when we get his daughter showing up and she's like, don't you love me anymore? And he hugs her and he's like kissing her. Oh, and she's God. like, they won't let me stay. They won't let me stay. And he's like, no, I got you. You're not going anywhere. And then she just dies in his arms and then turns to ash. And then oh. that's when we get the, oh, he's going to relive this hour again and again until he kills himself. Like that's how this is going to go. And yeah. to me, that is so probably one of the worst situations i could ever imagine being in oh i put myself through the ringer because of this movie so as (laughs) as far as psychological goes because i sit there i I was thinking about it and you know i think i knew we were going to talk about it and i was thinking i was like what but yeah but you know what i feel like you would think you see that news coming there and it's like after all that you just go to it but if you don't, and there's some way at the end of the tunnel where you get out of this and you continue living your life, you would think that's the biggest win, right? Mm. To me, I would. I felt like, no, I'm not going to, I will gladly go through all that again because I'll constantly get to keep hugging my daughter again. Whereas if I check out or whatever, and I'll gladly repeat this over and over because there's that one, like there was a, a period of time where he got to hold and hug his daughter again. If by some chance he goes to the real world, he doesn't, that's, that's it. Mm, damn. That's, that's, that's not something I yeah. never, 
considered because I'm not a father, but <laughs> like I had that thought to where I was like, yeah, I'll walk across the ledge. I'll, you know, I'll go through all the shit, the super hot, the freezing cold, the water rushing in. If it ends with that every single time, I don't know. Oh, the, the vent corpse. Dude, I just forgot. How about the fact that the room's trying to get his ex-wife there? Cause he's able to like yes. zoom, like Skype with her and get her to uh, like come to the room. And then the room manipulates the call and like poses as him and like says like, I need you to come here. Like, I need your help. That shit is so great. And then at the end when like he, I love that he changes. Like you just see him done. <laughs> he's not scared anymore. He's just like fucking done with everything. And the, the phone call is just like, would you like to check out? He's like, no. And she's like, fine, we'll send your wife up when she gets here. Like, it's such a dirty tactic. You know, it's, uh, it's like yelling no. It's like, oh, you won't check out. It's like, okay, well, then let's, what can we do to make you? Oh, okay. We'll but he's just so you. over it. He's like, I'm done arguing with you. <laughs> <laughs> and he hangs up and uh, the phone melts and all this great shit. And then the ending comes where, it, and dude, I always thought this was like the coolest fucking. First off, let me just say, the liquor just hit me pretty good right now. <laughs> oh boy, I think it's a com- I think it's a combination of the booze and your uh, love and interest in the what you're talking about. No, dude, this shit just like I'm sitting here. I'm like, I haven't drink, I haven't had a drink in quite a bit, and uh, me neither. I poured, dude. I poured this much alcohol in here. Yeah, there was a lot. I saw it. It was that's a heavy duty booty. Woo! So uh yeah, dude, he walks out like a he's like, I'm gonna end this. He grabs his fucking tape recorder, he takes the bottle that he's been drinking, rips off, makes it into a Molotov cocktail, and he's talking to his tape recorder, and he's like, We came here to do a story, and we don't uh we don't break or something like that, do we? And then he fucking lights his cigarette, lights that bottle, throws it in the room, says, go to hell. <laughs> he just sits there smoking the cigarette as the fucking room is burning and moaning. And he's like, ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> and the and it breaks the, 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 the ghost dimension and the room's really on fire. And it starts trying to like send off the sprinklers and the hotel evacuates and the ex-wife is outside in her, taxi and looks up and sees the room on fire and then he gets up with this baller ass line he's like on a sure scale i give the dolphin 10 skulls and throws the fucking ashtray out the window which makes the room yeah blow up in flames and he's like on the ground like laughing maniacally and says like never kill more than you can eat and uh god damn dude it is such a like i just got goosebumps <laughs> it's so dope like if you're if you're like i'm not gonna kill myself but i'm gonna take out this fucking room or at least try <laughs> like that is baller g and uh cusack does it with finesse <laughs> that is baller g and cusack does it with finesse is a sentence that's never been said in this world so congratulations <laughs> and uh this is where we get three different endings. Now, the ending I have always seen and my preferred ending, because I actually don't like the other endings, uh-huh. um, is the ending where uh, he, he blows up the room and firefighters actually make it in and save him and bring him out. And he goes to the hospital and he doesn't think he's really out of it, but he is. And uh, him and his ex-wife move in together and he actually 
writes the story of 1408 again. He gets better. Everything's good. Yeah. The Samuel Jackson is like, well done, Mr. Enslin, well done. And uh, they're fixing up their place. And he's like about done writing his book. And she's like, wow, that was quick. And he's like, yeah, I've already written it. <laughs> um, and then she is like, how about we get rid of this shit? And it's a box of all his shit that he had in the hotel room. And it's all charred. And he grabs out his tape recorder and he's like, sometimes you can't get rid of bad memories. You just have to live with them. Tells her to chuck the rest. And he's sitting there at his desk, just fucking with the tape recorder. And it actually starts working. And it plays the moment of like his daughter talking to him. And the wife hears it and drops the fucking box in total shock. And it's like, it's, you know, and then it just cuts to black with him like, not smiling but like acknowledging like i told you um yeah see that's the best one when i watched it, i was like okay because when i first watched it he died in it samuel jackson's at the like at the fucking funeral and the ending is such a game changer because i mm. thought two of them were actually quite bad yeah the one that you just said that's the one that you do now uh the second best one was i guess was when samuel Jackson tried to like here's something i just thought you would know like he did something great like he that hotel room was causing all this shit whatever here's what he had and she doesn't want it like no I, i'll pass and he listens to the tape recorder and then he like adjusts his rear view mirror and he's like charred in the background and it's okay and then you're kind of like what so is he burden with a new uh, okay yeah he see he uh, sees him and his daughter walking off in the cemetery and that's the end and then the third ending um was nothing it was shalub he had the stuff or whatever and he's in his room and it was i think it was even less of anything happening he's in his room he's just shalubing away and the ghost is like, yeah. come here. <laughs> yeah. Come here, Shaloub. Hey. He, was, he, was watching, he was watching the Shaloub tube. Just Dude. trying to get over his buddy's death. I love Tony Shaloub, but imagine if Shaloub was replaced by Gilbert Godfrey in this movie. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. You got to stay in the room. You got to stay in the room and write your novel. And then we got we to gotta oh publish the novel God. so we can make money. It would have been a lot more annoying. <laughs> I would know that. 1408. God damn. What if Shalhoub was the new Black Panther? Do you think people would be angry? <laughs> Dude, could you imagine <laughs> the, the backlash? <laughs> oh, dude. Oh god, like the like the heartfelt Ooh. shit that happened and how beautiful the like the other performance was. And then dude, just the thought of they if they said we're bringing back Black Panther, people were like, I don't they'd already be like, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and then out of the darkness comes Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub to the rescue. Good and, Grinch. And he's gotta be how old now? <laughs> Oh god, dude, that he was a monk. Shit. He had that monk show. <laughs> oh god. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence's first uh 
mm-hmm. like i guess big acting role was like a she played an extra in that episode of monk and she's just a mascot like with the big mascot head yeah running around in the background oh damn holy shit but uh the only way they would have fucked that mascot a little bit sooner she would have gotten <laughs> <the> roles <laughs> she gets fucked in everything doesn't she i don't know fuck her um, so. well yeah that's what i mean <laughs> so uh that's unfortunate so that so a little background about the endings the original ending i think is the one that you saw the samuel jackson in the cemetery that's the director's ending that's, but yeah, audiences, that's the one on the blu-ray that's why i watch yeah that's audience my favorite audiences did not like it either so they reshot two different ones and the one that i've seen was the theatrical one um and it's just a better one and i don't know why they fucking put that as the ending on the blu-ray because that's fucking stupid yeah that's um, what i thought too because I, I remember even actually thinking what but yeah. luckily georgie told me ahead of time that there's multiple endings mm-hmm. so i was uh aware of okay i guess i'll watch watch what the other ones were. like i was like so when it ended i wasn't complete if he hadn't told me that and i was like and i thought that was it i'm like wow they did they not know what Dude. to do at the end it sucks because the theatrical ending is so fucking good. Like one of my favorite things about it is like, holy shit, the good guy actually makes it. That's refreshing. Like he takes yeah. out the fucking room. He learns a life lesson. He finds his way back to his ex-wife and he has proof of what happened. So it's like satisfying as fuck. Yes. That's what like, you want at the end. Of course. Yeah. Especially you see him go through the fucking ringer and you're just like, good Grinch. Like, cut cusack a break <laughs> break him off a piece of that kit kat bar God. Oh. <laughs> that's what we were all thinking dude but... i would kill for a kit kat bar right now oh yes, son <laughs> dude, holy oh. shit. and dude dylan's spiced dylan's he's spiced he's holding this uh <laughs> this handled glass mug as if he's an old Irishman at a bar trying to get people to sing with him. Oh, I was in a hotel room. <laughs> the only problem is it's like, it's 2.15 and got, people are like, God damn guy. Not, I was looking yet. for a ghost. I was really scared. I want to make a toast. Here's to the ghost in this hotel room. Like, you got to leave. <laughs> Oh man. And you're like, no, I have Advil. Um, <laughs> um, that is unfortunate though. It bums me out because I was worried about that. That the version you were gonna see your first time watching 1408 was gonna be the shitty ending. Well, luckily I immediately I watched the other endings back and I I pieced together and it doesn't, you know, it it cuts it to where it seems trend, you know, seamlessly. I know, but it's still like when you're watching it for the first time and then you just get and then you have to I go know. and it, it takes it out of it. Whereas like, I think 1408, if you were able to watch it all the way through with him surviving, it's such a fucking solid flick. I have the Blu-ray. I've never watched it. I have the DVD copy though from Blockbuster and that has the theatrical ending on it. Oh. Um, so well, I next, usually The next that. time I watch it, I'll definitely watch it with the theatrical ending, but Either way, it makes was, me wonder if like we rented it off Prime or something, if it would have the um, I would think it would be the theatrical one. I think honestly, I think it's just the Blu-ray that does that. Yeah, I think anywhere sucks. else it's gonna be the one that we like the best. 
I just happened to watch the Blu-ray one first. I think the director did an amazing job on this flick. I can't remember his name. It's something like Mikhail Hailstrom or something like that. And uh, <laughs> and uh, anyways, uh, he does a great job directing this, but also fuck you for the director's ending because it sucks. <laughs> like Man. it ruins the movie. Dylan's Dylan's boozed up. He's talking about something he loves, and he's knocking shit over, and he's a little. I don't want to say spicy, but not yet, but I'd say tangy. <laughs> Dude, look, I have this nice little Polaroid of my girlfriend in Crab Key when I originally had it holding up oh Friday God. 13th part five. Why is she spreading her pussy apart? Why <laughs> she... <laughs> She's not. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> Dude, I was just showing you like, I shit. got this really like sweet Polaroid. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> it's dope that I have a girl. I never thought I'd have one. That's dope. Uh, we fight sometimes, I, but she's yeah, all right. I, I always assumed it'd be a guy, but <laughs> dude, you and I almost got married. Isn't that crazy? We would have done it, dude. God damn, some... that would have been hard to explain <laughs> to a lot yeah. of people. Like, you guys are married? They're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're gay? No, no, no. Just made he, it easier. He he's living with somebody in Maryland. And I'm living with... <laughs> I'm with... He's like, wait, so what? No, we're just. We trust each other more. <laughs> no, he just had a second kid. Like, yeah. Yeah. So is that your daughter? Well, technically, yeah, but I mean, step. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Wouldn't that be a thing to explain to your kids as they got yeah. older? Like, this That's is your stepmom. <laughs> stepmom Dylan. So why did you do it? Well, I don't know. We trust each other and yeah, we do our taxes together. It's yeah. <laughs> just a reason to talk. It's all good. <laughs> oh, and we man. wear rings too, still. Like, yeah, yep. Yep. Maybe one day, dude. It can still happen. You never know. It still could. It still you can't, could. You can't predict the shit that happens in this world. You're right. We can come probably and go be, at any minute. It'd probably be the best. Like, we probably wouldn't even divorce each other. So it'd probably be the best marriage. I No bullshit. It would be the smartest. <laughs> I swear, if we were to do it, it'd be the most like locked situ- situation yeah. ever. It'd be like, yeah, we'd we continue our lives and do all our shit together. And and we'd also have the built-in excuse of like, I'm sorry, I mean, I can't, I'm already married. I can't mm. I, I can't marry or I would. T- 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 hey, I, hey, I would, but I'm not divorced in Nixie. <laughs> yeah. This works too well. It would make things so awkward at like get togethers. Like, oh my God. <laughs> what if you took my last name? <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I was like, you know, I don't think I would take your last name just because I'm like, I'm Nixie. Like, fuck that. Yeah. I like oh, my last name. I really like your last name and I really like my last name. So, yeah. if one of us had like a last name of, you know, Dirch or something, <laughs> I'd probably switch. But just because we like ours, we'd probably hang on to what we have. I think McKenna would keep her last name. I think she changed her name to McKenna Foley Nix. Ah, she which should, sounds kind of dope. Yeah. I don't know. McKenna Foley Nix. It just sounds like something that you have like out in the yard. Can you that? Hey, Foley have you Nicks seen my new uh, Foley Nix? <laughs> That's pretty dope. Uh, a lot of Foley Nix out there that we have to clean up. I guess it's like Foley Foley Legend. Hey, quit 
Oh, yeah, foliage? Foliage. Who said, like, hey, we got to rake up all the leaves. You mean the foliage? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I don't think I've ever used that word until now. Foliage? Foliage. It's a good word. I don't know. Tin foil mm. has the word foil in it. That's part of foliage. anyways well well, because their middle name's nicole yeah so that's my sister's middle name nicole yeah how'd she spell it f (laughs) (laughs) nikenna's is spelled like n-i-c-h-o-l-e oh no my sisters don't have an h it's n-i-c-o-l-e i think that h bullshit sucks like when you put yeah. an H in Megan, fuck off. Yeah. Like how do you is Megan M E G A N? No, M- bitch. No, it's M E A G H. Megan. Megan. It's like all right. I'm already walking away. What's stalling. another? What's some other names that like have? Dylan's kind of a name that people fuck up a lot. They're like D I L L O N. I'm like no. No, that's a last name. Like if Dylan's your last name, I automatically assume it's D I L L. Dude, no, I get it all the time. All the time, it's D I L L. It's like no D Y L A N. And then what's even weirder is, um, in high school there was like two different girls I knew that all had the name that were all named Dylan, but it was D Y L L A N. I'm one L. They would have two L's. Two L's fucking sucks. And one of those Dylans was in a porno. Whoa, you got yeah. to send me that. And then she went on like a Facebook apologizing tour saying like, I've grown since this. Like I made a mistake so long ago. I've tried to get it offline, but but she didn't say what it was. And then I would ask like my friends, like, what was it? It's like, oh, she did a porno. Like you didn't know. I was like, yeah, so what? Why so now she it's apologizing? Just, so now it's like one of those, like, I got to get my empowerment back kind of posts. And See, you know what, dude? Own up to it. God forbid you do something yeah. fucking fun and cool. So what? You got yeah. plowed. You That's got plowed. Fun. You made a couple, probably made a couple, uh, yeah, bucks off of it. And... She got pl- like plowed. Probably came, made some money. Oh, she came. A lot of people that I've seen it. Oh, okay, there you go. A lot of people that watched it probably didn't make that much working a full shift at you know the Dollar Tree that day. So I think she kind of got the one up. That's just I had this eight. really uncomfortable because it was when I was younger, like right out of high school, and I was still a virgin. And uh, I remember watching the porno and how weird, but we were all young. So I was on the phone at the time watching it because my, I was talking to one of my best friends and then another one of my best friends, I'm not going to say them by name, but we were all talking and they were like, Dylan, you can literally look it up. Like here, here's the title for it. And I looked it up, was watching it and laughing at it as I was watching it. It wasn't like a weird sexual thing on the phone. Like I was just laughing and they're like, yeah, you having a good time. I was like, yeah, this is funny. And uh, and he, the guy's fucking her from behind, and it was making like the you know like Slap. the sound, the sound. Well, it was like the you know where air gets a little air gets in there, and mm-hmm. you know he making that sound. And dude, I was so young and inexperienced and stupid. Oh, oh this God. is so cringy. I go like, <laughs> dude, I laughed and was like, uh, is she farting? <laughs> oh, and my friends were like. Dylan, do you know? Do you not know what's happening? Like, you don't know what that noise is. And I, and I, I remember like feeling so red faced and embarrassed because I didn't know. You were was, literally like when Steve Crow was like, it felt like a 
bag of sand sand yeah so they're like and i just laughed and pretend i didn't hear them asking me that and i was just like wow thanks for sharing that you know like oh dude that's crazy and i just ignored their questions of like yeah i was like how dare you fucking like shame me for not knowing like well, so maybe, i thought it was maybe they fart. weren't maybe they were genuinely like no they were but at the same time like it was embarrassing oh yeah yeah so i just played it off like <laughs> i just didn't hear them and then i changed subjects <laughs> Yeah, but in their defense, they didn't know that how often that when you were getting fucked, how often you queefed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fair. Like, or no, 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 you, you you had a tendency of farting a lot when you got fucked. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do, every time it's, it seems like every time McKenna and I go to fuck, like that's when I have the most gas. Yeah. So I have to just try she, and like. She just says it and you're just like, oh, like you go, you go to the bathroom to clean up and you're just like, oh my god let me go get cleaned up and you get the walking yeah. farts she's like you want to plow this pussy tonight daddy and i'm and like uh-oh like, you bet i do let me just hit the bathroom first <laughs> let me let me stop by the bath the rest stop on the way there up 995 oh, let me it, stop by the restroom it's just a steady stream of hot air it's like i see a sign that says no uh rest not another rest area for 70 miles and that's where i'm like okay i gotta stop off now You'd be like, I'll be in in 40 minutes. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> you play it real. Dude, it's so funny. I wish I could uh, vid- like make a good video, a genuine video of our, our a sexy time. Because it's no. kind of funny. Like, her, her or I will just be like, you want to have sex? <laughs> like for some, be like, yeah. And then usually, though, we'll like, sometimes have to shower because we just want to like make sure that we're clean and ready to go yeah and uh then like either i or her will go into the bedroom first after a shower while the other person takes the shower but it's always funny like when i go (laughs) if i'm getting out of the shower and i walk in there she's just naked laying there like on like (laughs) on her belly with her ass just oh staring me in the face and i'm just like this is dope (laughs) like that's just for me. That's that's for me right there. Oh, it's for a couple. Huh? <laughs> no, no, I, no. I kind of want to make another sip. Another drink. Well, how about this? <clears throat> how about we end the pod with you having one last sip? Don't make it as heavy. I'm going to make one last one. And let's do some trivia. Let's do that drunken trivia titty. with Nixie and close this bitch out. Wait, let's. well, hold on. Before I go make a drink, 1408 your recommendations your final thoughts not that great really no <laughs> after i throw that my no, heart sank I, a little bit no i um this was a little bit new to me because i realized watching this i don't think i watch a or have seen a lot of psychological horror this is this is a whole genre that we kind of dug into here that i don't think we have too much before at least to this level i didn't I wasn't particularly a fan of how much you have to keep up with it as in, okay, he wakes up on the beach. We think he's out of it. No, he is still in it. And then he's not out of it. And then there are three different endings. There there was a lot going on, admittedly. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I really did enjoy uh, Cusack. I liked his interaction with Samuel L. Jackson. Um, Like I said, the stuff with his daughter really, really fucking nailed me. Hit me right in the fucking center of my chest. Like, hit me right in the feels with that it was a little tough uh but overall 
if someone asked me, I'd be like, yes, I, I would recommend this movie. I'm glad I finally got around to seeing it. This was probably, at the top of my head, it's probably my favorite psychological horror movie. I mean, see, that's what's crazy to me is that like you came in hot with like it's a psychological horror movie. I've never thought of it like that. I've always just seen it as a really good fucking. Oh, I thought this was a mind fuck. Haunted, uh, haunted hotel ghost story no, movie. This is way more really psychological than paranormal than me. That's for sure. Damn, that's crazy. yeah. It's it, it was so psychological that it almost sucked out all the paranormal vibes that I even. I mean, there's literal ghosts in it, but it still was just so. It just to me, it's this room just fucking with this guy psychologically. And, well, that's where I will say, yeah. like I said earlier, I've seen this movie so many times, so it would be cool to go back and watch it now, never not knowing a fucking thing about it. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess it is a movie you have to pay attention to. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But it's yeah. not, I wouldn't say that's a detriment to the movie. It just means like, watch the fucking movie and don't worry about anything else. I don't think it's a movie that you put on. I think it's a movie you rewatch. Does that make any? Did that make any sense? So if I could, yeah. I could throw one Freddy versus Jason. I could throw on yeah. anything. If that, if I'm watching that, it's like, oh, we're gonna, this... I'm gonna rewatch 1408. I'll throw on any of these other favorite horror movies of mine. Yeah, this is a great movie. If it's like, hey, babe, it's Friday night. We're uh, we just ordered a pizza. You want to watch a flick? And like you know, you're gonna just be sitting there actually watching a movie. Uh, I think 1408 is solid. <laughs> yeah, I love I love this top, movie. Top, <laughs> top ten, top ten favorite horror movies of all time. 1408. Yeah, so on that so page. far, spoiler alert, just off the top of my head, without saying any other ones, two of Dylan's top ten favorite horror movies of all time. Are fourteen oh eight and trick or treat. Yeah. Okay. And well, deep blue sea might still be on there, but it might have got bumped for something. Oh my! Yeah. All right. Okay. Make a sip. Let's close out with some trivia and get out of here. All right. Well, I'll be right, right back. <laughs> Guys, I might be able to pick the movie next week. I hope it's not agreed upon. Hey, 1408. Cheers. To my brother who has worked at a hotel for years. Oh, shit. Holy fuck. Yeah, buddy. Why didn't you bring this up? This would have been a great thing to talk about. You worked there. (laughs) Why didn't you bring it (laughs) up? I've worked at two different hotels over the course of like almost six years. Yeah. And I have so many stories, and now we're out of time. (laughs) Well, uh, there actually is a a small reason why I did it. It's because we did an episode before where I asked you about, and you told, like, your paranormal-type experiences that you've had at a hotel. Mm. So we already have those stories out there somewhere in the 13 Ghost episode featuring Shaluber. So, yeah. And, uh... I think, and also I was talking about other hotel memories and we also, we already told the story of the one time you and I were in a hotel together in Carolina. We already told the story of making a short oh, yeah. film there. And that was, well, a- let me tell this story. Okay. This isn't paranormal at all. It's just a, it's just because last night this popped into my head randomly out of fucking nowhere, dude. And I got so angry. I was like, fuck people. Um, <laughs> 
so let me just say <laughs> preface this yeah. working at a hotel is like awful i was a night auditor for like almost six years it's fucking terrible people are dog shit it made me it was the worst time of my life i fucking hated it the only cool part was like obviously sometimes there would be nobody there literally so mm-hmm. like i brought my ps4 and we would play my video games or like okay. i could just write scripts and work on projects homework anything so that was kind of cool but i'm not doing it anymore anyways every now and again you'd get some fucking asshole or some shit that was just so stupid you're like i can't believe this is a problem that i'm having to deal with like i'm having to spend my mental wellness and energy having to do this um and one time (laughs) we had a set of laundry machines down at the most recent hotel i had worked at and this older uh african-american woman comes up to me and is like yes like i've been wanting to do my laundry for the past hour but there's someone's laundry down there in the dryer um or it was the washer or the dryer either way it's like i've like they've just been sitting there can you like ring the room and have the person come down i'm like i have no idea ma'am like it's not like there's a log or someone says like hey my laundry's you know it's up uh, sorry and she's like well can you just move the laundry then so i could take do my laundry or whatever and i can't remember exactly what i said but i'm pretty sure i was just like um i think i just told her like ma'am just go ahead and move the laundry like just set it on top i mean i would do that if i were you like <clears throat> the person if it's been an hour and the person hasn't come back for their laundry like that's kind of on them well then i would hope it was your it's the dryer then it must be the dryer then. You said you. I think it was the dryer. Okay, I would hope so because you can't slosh someone's wet laundry on top of something. I think I would have known better, so I'm gonna say it was the dryer. Let's say it was the dryer. I'm, I think it was the dryer. Mm-hmm. I was like, just put the. I was like, is there a basket down there? And she's like, no. I said, then just put it on top of the dryer, ma'am. And then like, when you're done drying your clothes, if the person still hasn't come and gotten their clothes, I'll just put their clothes back in the dryer. And she said, okay, thank you so much, and she left, mm-hmm. and went and did that, and then like um sometime later the guy the guy whose laundry it was comes and he and he's like pissed off he's like hey did you tell the lady down there to just pull my clothes out of the dryer and i was just like in hindsight i wish i just said yes but (laughs) but i was like so mad for so quickly because i was like a my head immediately was like oh that old bitch just ratted me out even though I uh, yeah. was trying to help her, she just immediately was like, the front desk told me to do it. So I was like, oh, dude, I'm livid now just thinking about it. And uh, I was just like, you fucking bitch. So in my head, and so just the first thing came out of my mouth was like, no. Because I was like, fuck you in my head. Right. And he was just like, you didn't tell her to, to take my laundry out? I was like, no, dude. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. So then he he's like, okay. And he walks back down there. And then she comes back. Oh, and she's no. like, She's like, you told him that, I, that you were lying. You, you didn't tell me to take his clothes out of the dryer. You didn't tell me. And I was just like, I was like, what are you doing, ma'am? Like, so you rat me out? Like, I'm trying to help you. She's like, no, no, no. What kind of man are you? Like, he could have fucking shot me. Like, what? It, legit. 100% hand to God. That's what she said. She was like, he could have fucking shot me or something. Like, what kind of man are you? Like, I'm just like, what the fuck? Are you? I was like, ma'am, go away. Like, I, I was so trying he, to help you would, and you rat me out. He would shoot her, but he wouldn't shoot you. Is yeah. That what okay. Yeah. So I was like, I was trying to help you out, and I was just like, that's what I get for trying to help someone out. Like, this shouldn't even be my problem. Like, 
what what do you want me to do what would have been the right response in this situation like uh, tough titty like sorry ma'am but don't touch his clothes until the person comes and gets their clothes because yeah. i still don't know what is the right uh thing to do in this situation because like the person should come get their clothes but yeah. they haven't i don't know who the fuck they are because it's not like they checked in at the desk to tell me hey my clothes are in the dryer so like maybe be a grown fucking adult and just deal with that situation on your own instead of going to the front desk. I don't know. Um, yeah. What are, you, what are you supposed to, I mean, to me, it's like, I'm sorry about I mean, I can't touch other people's belongings. I'm not going to move it out. And I don't know whose clothes that they are. I can't, there's nothing I can do. That's what it should yeah. have been. But then I got so angry because my brain works pretty quickly. Um, and not saying that as like a, my brain works pretty quick, quickly, but it just in those situations yeah. to where in the span of the guy coming up and saying, hey, did you tell that old lady to take my clothes out of the dryer? My brain went, oh, this bitch ratted me out. Mm-hmm. Like me trying to do a nice thing and help her out against my better judgment. And she fucking rats me out. Number one. Number two, this guy is this like petty and pissed off about his fucking clothes that he left in the dryer that now he has to like make a scene and like come over here and ask me right. i'm just like like if they're dry that. yeah i guess i guess it is a a big part of the story whether it was if it was his wet clothes that got i swear it was out. the dryer yeah because it was I the dryer and it's all about did you tell her to like put my clothes if they were done they were dry and they were just in a basket or on top i would be like okay not a huge fan of that, but it is it is what it is. Yeah, it's a the, the fact communal thrown, fucking dryer. Yeah, it's a communal dryer. You got to know what you're getting yourself into. So to go to the front as a grown adult to go to the front desk to ask about anything like that on either side is like, no, I mean, I'm sorry, but I don't know whose clothes they are. It is what it is. And with yeah. him, it's like, yeah, someone took your clothes out. I mean, and then yeah, what if you said, yes, I told her to go ahead and take it out because she wanted to dry her clothes. Either way, it's kind of like, now what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, what and that's talking? my biggest regret about the story is that I didn't just own up and say, yes, I did. But I was just so angry that I had to deal with this mm-hmm. that I said no. But and, I remember you telling me this story before, and he did shoot her. Mm. Which is, you know. Hey, I don't work there anymore. Not my problem. Um Hey. what if that was the end of the fucking story like <laughs> yeah. yeah dude he shot the shit out of her i really yeah. dodged a bullet there no pun intended but um yeah her clothes weren't that dry anymore because they were soaked in blood <laughs> so either way she didn't get what she wanted but dude so that just one little story imagine that times like a fucking thousand i have a thousand moments like that from my time working at a hotel yeah don't do it. I mean, everybody has their shit stories, whether you're a waitress or whatever. Yeah. It sucks. Human beings fucking suck. They're the worst things ever. If you, work, pe- if you work with people, it sucks. Yeah. I had people try and bribe. Dude, I had the owner's son of the hotel try and like bribe me and like, like I'm the owner's son, like to let me let them into the pool area. And I'm like, dude, if I let you do it, I understand you're the owner's son. I get it. Right. But like, if I let you do it, every other guest, paying guest that's in this hotel is going to think that they can just go out there to the pool area, which they can. Imagine that being your thing. Hey, uh, if you want to hang out after dinner or something, hey, why don't you come back with me? I, uh, 
I can get us into a pool at the uh, Days Inn or whatever yeah. the fuck you do. Uh, that's your that's your hookup, dude. I have so many. Damn, we should do we should do another horror hotel movie because uh, I've got some. I've got a story about like I was emotionally fucking wrecked after the girl I was with before McKenna, all that shit. So I'm at work and this guy is like drunk and like seeing that I'm upset and he just wants to constantly shake my hand and tell me that it's okay. And I'm like, dude, go. And I'm in tears. Like go the fuck away from me. I don't want to talk to you unless you need me to do my job. Uh, and he's like, just shake my hand. Just shake my hand. That's all I want. I want to be a friend. What? And finally I stopped. I was like, I'm not shaking your fucking hand. And then he, he walked away and he goes, fucking asshole. <laughs> And I started bawling in fucking tears. Like, what did I do? I just wanted you to leave me alone. And this, and you call me a fucking asshole. Oh my God. Well, we so, have, we'll have vacancy to cover. Like, I don't have any, yeah. the only stories I have from hotels are just your standard fucking, <laughs> fucking girl, bitches. girl story. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, yeah, that's genuinely. Do you have I any, have. like any, any fun stories though from a hotel? Nothing. I, I had fun. You and I stayed at the hotel in Carolina. That was the whole trip. Any other time I got a hotel, I was with a a person of the opposite gender. And I mean, that's was, fun. And it was just about you know, it was what it was. Dude, let me just tell this one story. It's really quick. Okay. I don't know if I've told this story out, but I have to say this one. Uh, it was late. This guy comes in. He's really friendly. He was an older gentleman. And we were like talking for a bit. And I send him up to his room. 20 minutes goes by. Another guest has come up and is talking to me. And she's really nice. And he comes barging down, throws the fucking key on the, ah, what the fuck kind of place is this? I've never stayed in a place like this. Like no TV in the room. Are you fucking kidding me? I pay $150 to stay in a room with no TV in the fucking room. What oh. kind of place? Is it? And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, Jesus Christ. There is no such thing as a hotel with a, not a TV in the room, is there? Well, I told, I mean, obviously our, our rooms have TVs. Yeah. So I'm like, there's no T I'm trying to calm down. I'm like, sir, there's no TV in the room. He's like, no, this is a fucking joke. And I'm like thinking, oh my God, did someone steal the TV? Did, you know, what's going on? But he wouldn't even let me get in a word or anything or inquire about it. And he's just like, this is a fucking ridiculous. So I'm like, sir, you can get out, like go. And he's like, I want my money back. And I'm like, I will talk to management and they will they will get in touch with you tomorrow like i can't do anything like your money's been processed i'm just here and so he he stormed out of the building and the lady is just standing there like geez and i'm like ma'am i am so sorry but we please let me just run up to the room real quick to see if like there's this tv's been stolen or something i don't know and she's like yeah absolutely go ahead i'll watch the desk for you i said thank you i ran up there and i actually took my phone out and videotaped me entering the room just because Right. And I, dude, I swear to God, I entered, entered the room, looked up on the wall, and there's the TV staring me flat in the face. And I'm just like, I'm staring at it thinking I'm insane. Like, I yeah. remember that distinct moment staring at the TV. I went back out to the room and, like, videoed the room number and looked down at the room card and was like, I'm insane. Like, I just imagined that entire fucking, wow. um, that interaction. So I go back to the desk, and I'm just, like, totally baffled. And the lady's like, is the TV, it, was it stolen? And I said, no, it's hanging right there on the wall as soon as you walk in. And she goes, oh, my God, that man must be insane. And I said, yeah. Uh, so then I helped her. But then later I told the management, obviously. And then I guess he called back and talked to the manager. And the manager said, sir, 
And he's like flipping out on the phone, like that fucking guy, he's a fucking idiot and all this shit. And she's like, sir, the TV is in the room. It's on the wall. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. You're telling me the TV's hanging on the wall. And she goes, yes. And he said, that's fucking stupid and hung up. Oh my. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, you know what? Florida, baby. Anyway, sorry, but I thought I'd share some. No, we have to get a little. We'll save some stuff. For... I've never had to deal with an evil fucking room, though. So, well, Crimson Hotel. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, what if we had video where, like, we got possessed by the room and just like did some wild fucking shit? And we're looking at this footage, like, do you remember this? Like, no. You know, I always thought about that because I've recorded like so much stuff since I was a kid. I just recorded everything. We've literally went into like places that we thought were haunted and abandoned buildings. And I always wondered, like, what if I ever did watch this footage back and catch something? Like, Mm -hmm. like, to actually have some type of thing. But do you believe in ghosts? I think we've had this conversation before, but I can't remember. We have had this conversation and just yes uh, or no, then. No. You don't believe in gut? What? What? No. Really? Yeah. I I I um are you the kind what? of person though that like would like say if suddenly something you were alone in that house, you knew 100% and you heard someone go like Jeff. Well, no, you would that, be like, "Oh, that was the wind." No, no, no. That's not yeah. Like I always said there was if no, if I heard a, this I think this is what I said in the 13 Ghost podcast, go back and listen. Uh, I think it's one of those things you just have to experience or see for yourself. Mm. I'm open to it. And if I saw it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what I, I had a paranormal experience. It's not like I'm completely shut off. Like, I think everyone who says is bullshit. I just, it's easy to just say, oh, no, I don't believe it because I haven't experienced anything mm. okay. cold, hard, and true. Uh, I always said the second best thing would be if, if my dad ever told me he had experience, I would believe because he's so no nonsense straightforward and he's like he is he does seem shut off to everything so if he told me i'd be like oh i'd question it and he did tell me a story about it that's where it differs so like i'm i'm there but i just it's easy to say no if i haven't like i'm gonna say yeah but i haven't experienced anything so that's where i i fall on it so you're a mike enslin i'm a real mike enslin and I need Samuel Jackson to warn me, and then I need to go experience it to uh, change my mind. And then I need to burn alive in a hotel. He lives. <laughs> well, depending on the ending you watch. So dope. He throws that fucking thing out the room knowing he's like, fuck you. And that cigarette comes back into play. Yeah. Oh, Dude. Shit. The foreshadowing. Good shit. Let's do trivia. Fourteen oh eight. What a fun, fun time, dude! That was a genuine oh, fucking laugh that I got God. from you. That I don't know. That just hit me in a way. Um, all right, buddy. We're you're a little toasty. You're in a good place. We just covered one of your top ten favorite horror movies. I didn't know it was in your top ten. That's awesome. I really enjoyed it. It was a fun fun chat i just think it's solid i really needed that but um the question is 
who's choosing next week? Because, I mean, you basically choose every week. But I don't know, maybe a little toasty, maybe you'll slip a bit. Maybe I'll slip a little bit right in between the legs of some woman that I've met on the streets of St. Augustine. Nope, because I got to I hope not. <laughs> well, hey, what a fun ride you took us on. <laughs> um, well, let's Hold on, can I read what my fiance just texted me? Yeah, what did she text you? <laughs> I have to poop so bad. Is that it? Yeah. I don't, that, was it even in the middle of an exchange? No. My last text to her was like three hours ago. And my last text was, I really am trying to clean. Just feels like I'm making no progress. And then hours later at 8.32 PM, I have to poop so bad. And I'm going to write back. I'm going to write back. Hold on. LOL. That's making the pod. That's an interesting dynamic you guys have because any serious relationship I've had like that, it's always, you know, I I don't know. Some things remain a mystery. Well, we had our septic tank back up, so we saw each other's poop in the toilet for like weeks. Oh. So we kind of, we crossed that, we crossed the Rubicon. We were there. Huh. See, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably be out in like a bush or at you would never you would never see my poop. Real quick, would you want to hear my top 10 favorite horror films of all time since we're like this is on the nope, list? Nope. Because really I, I no, because I like this dynamic of things that we've covered and randomly you saying, Hey, this is actually in my top 10. I think we slowly put the top 10 together instead of just giving it out as a list all in one pod. Plus, we gotta get out of here. We've covered six movies that are on my list. Holy shit. I didn't think we did that many. Yep. I thought you said and Deep Blue Sea was a maybe. It, I, and it's not on the list. <laughs> Ooh, well, hey, go back and look at the archive and put it together in your own. But let's get the trivia started, kid. All right. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Here we go. Let's Ready? Go. Let's do trivia. this. Trivia. One point. One point. What 1986 film gives Stephen King his sole director's credit? Oh, fuck. He's directed one movie 1986 1986 apparently the only movie he's actually directed his only director's credit is this 1986 movie you're gonna get me because of the booze because i would know this if i would i don't think you would know this if you without the booze look at him dylan's looking around his vhs tapes right now i don't even think he has this movie it's okay if I get this one wrong, but I'm just curious. Did he No. <laughs> Dylan's in arm's reach of a bunch of DV, uh, VHS tapes. He's looking to see if Stephen King <laughs> And we'll count it. I mean, if he has it, we'll, we'll count it. But if it's not in arm's reach. I don't, I don't know. I feel like it, it's out there. It's not, a, it's not something I... You're going to say it, though. I'm going to know it. You might know of it. I'm not even sure if you've seen it. Yeah, because I feel like it's a... Uh, Pick a movie that you know that, you know, is in his, you know... At least give me a hint. Is it one of his, like, works? I'm pretty sure it is. 
Yeah, I believe anything he's... Yeah, I don't think he just came in and directed someone else. I mean, of course. He's not going to come in and like, hey, I'm going to... Let me direct that for you. Yeah. I think this is the only one that he's like, I'll direct this adaptation of mine. Dude, I... It... <sighs> Is it? I don't know. I I don't know. Is it? uh, (laughs) Eighty Stephen King movie. Just talk. I mean, talk like whatever you can think. There's so many. I know. There's a lot. It's not the series. It's not a series, is it? It's like an actual movie. It's a movie. Is it thinner? The answer is a movie called Maximum Overdrive. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. I know that movie. That is Stephen King's sole director's credit. Dude, did you see how sassy I said that? I was like, you, is it a series or is it a movie? The way you held your... You might as well be in Sex in the City holding a, you know, whatever they drink, mimosa, whatever that other drink's called. Anyway, let's... This is a little... It relates, but it's also a little different. So let's try this. For, for one point, what comedy fantasy disaster standalone and spin-off film featuring john goodman as a senior congressman came out on june 22nd 2007 alongside 1408 i know that was a lot to say there but this holy shit you you knew i was going to be drunk tonight somehow you fucking knew and you were like i got this bitch you wrote down these little trivia questions. You're like, I got them. <laughs> I wrote down these little trivia questions. Say that shit again. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, let me repeat that either way in case anyone... I know it's a lot. What comedy, fantasy, disaster, standalone, and spinoff film featuring John Goodman as a senior congressman came out on June 22nd, 2007 alongside 1408. This what came was, out right what was the... Um... The it was like comedy what? Comedy, fantasy, disaster, standalone, and spin-off film. Was it so, Evan Almighty? It was Evan Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Oh my goodness. I've never even seen that flick. You have a no, solid I've seen clips. pool. My goodness. One point on the board, dude. Wow nicely done dude that shit's you know what's crazy is i just saw like a little clip from that film Mm -hmm. scrolling through youtube a few days ago and it was like morgan freeman talking to evan's wife in that flick oh yeah maybe maybe Uh, that helped the chick from gilmore girls or whatever yeah that helped just a little bit because i knew like that bruce almighty was 2005 yeah i figured there was so i tried to give as much information as i could to like justify it being a one point but i still thought it was pretty tough very solid came out right alongside 1408 june it sucks and i've never even seen it fucking almighty hey do you like evan almighty no no. bruce almighty's the shit bruce almighty's the shit though so that theaters back to you fuckers you fuckers three point question Mm -hmm. now if you get this you only need to get one of my strive for five little things here we got okay either way we're going for the strive but Mm -hmm. you have your work cut out for you if you don't get this one because this is worth three points okay 
1408 is John Cusack's second appearance in a Stephen King film adaptation. What was the first one? Oh, titties, fuck. I'll also give you the year if you want it. Yeah, do that. As well as Maximum Overdrive, that is not the answer. It is 1986. Damn. Because he was actually in another Stephen King adaptation called Cell, which yes. also has Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson. So I thought that was the answer for a minute, but when you said it was first, it was like, ooh, titty, fuck me. Um, is it Stand By Me? Ooh, Dylan. The answer for three points, uh, the answer was Stand By Me. <laughs> Dude, I'm a fucking rock star. And I'm like a rock star. You know that Nickelback song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> written actually it makes me. me a little angry that you get some of these like i want you to but it still makes me like I, I don't know how to think so dylan you only need one point to get to five now did you not think i'd get those at all um i thought the maximum overdrive and the evan almighty one could have been well i gave a lot of information with evan almighty but I thought Maximum Overdrive and the Stand By Me could potentially be tough. Okay. But well, hey. I'll say this Stand By Me was just because I was like, John Cusack would have had to been young. Mm -hmm. And I just knew, like, that was the only other movie I knew of. So I was like, well, I better say that. Well, we're in for the strive for five. You only need to get one more point, and you got it. Here's the strive for five Stephen King, same name, movie adaptations based on novels by the same name. So here's what the game is. I'm going to give you a movie, a film adaptation of Stephen King, and you have to tell me if it's the same name as the novel or not the same name. Because some were changed. So you may have a novel, but they okay. may have made a film based oh, off fuck. of some, that's something else. Okay. Okay. So. All right. I'll go with one right away. And I have five. I have five listed. Okay. You only gotta get one. So your last answer, stand by me. Was that the name of the novel? Fuck you, dude. Fuck you so hard for this. Or did they change it? Mm. Mm. Fuck, I think, do I have to say that they changed it and then what was the original title? Or just that it wasn't no. the original title? No. I'm going to say it wasn't the original title. You're going to say it. Stand By Me was not? No. Stand By Me was originally named The Body. Well, dude, I almost said that. I almost, like, if you were going to tell me I had to say the name of, the, I was going to say The Body. That's wow. fucking crazy. I didn't even know I knew that. Okay, Dylan. First of all, you got it. You got the five. You've done it again. But look, I got four more movies here. For fun, let's play it out. Previously mentioned, Cell. Was that that's the, the, that's the original one? Yep. Correct. Do you know what's funny is on the back of the movie or the book? 
there's like a little tagline and it says there's a reason why cell rhymes with hell <laughs> and i was like oh wow. that's everything i need to know about this flick yeah <laughs> you just put it back it's <laughs> correct uh, okay um dream catcher that's the original title correct hey jeff as Dylan holds up a VHS copy of Dreamcatcher in arm's reach. This is real have life, you, people. Dylan's a real person. Have you seen this flick? Have you seen this flick? No. Dude, there's a uh, fucking alien snake that goes up a guy's ass. Mm. It's like you're... shit out of me as a kid. I was like, do I gotta poop? I guess. Uh... Uh, that's like your last visit to Maine. Number four, Misery. That's the original title. Yeah, I'm going with it. The original title. Correct. Hey, Jeff. And he holds up a VH copy of Misery. Have you seen this? No. Fuck. This would be a solid pick. I, I've been thinking about it. It's on my, it's on my list. Because actually, I have a painting back here of a bunch of, you know, the uh, Ash versus Evil painting? Where it's Ash's back and it shows all of these horror like villain. Oh people. shit! And it shows Annie. I want to pick off like everyone I haven't seen on there. So Damn, I'm that's that uh, too. Bobby Boucher's mom is in it. Last but not least, previously mentioned, Maximum Overdrive. I'm gonna say no. Nah. I don't know on this one, so I'm just gonna throw out a no. No. A little bit of game theory. Uh, I guess you wouldn't have any idea what the original name would be. Um, if you want to guess one. One word. One word? Yeah. Pluralized. Based off a novel uh, called... Um... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking. Uh, let's just call it. Is it <laughs> highways? Oh, what were you about to say before that? Don't know. Truckers. It's called trucks. <laughs> Dylan Arnix and uh... Dylan. You never cease to amaze me, my friend. And I almost said truckers. And for the Valentine's Day episode of Horror Flicks with Heart and Nick's, what do you want to watch? Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam? <laughs> no, no, I was in my head, like, quick, quickly trying to think of, like, what's a funny non-Valentine's Day movie title? And then Fourth of July pops in my head. And You're I'm like, saying, Simon Birch? <laughs> uh, I want to watch. Uh... Dylan's looking around at his VHS tapes again for finding a copy of whatever he's about to choose. Oh, no, I don't have a copy. That's right. <gasps> Damn. <sighs> it's actually pretty rare, dude, but I do have an original theatrical poster of the flick, which the audience can't see me turn the webcam to, but that's well, right. Hey, there we go. We don't have good luck with moving your webcam around. So I'm just going to say this because I have to preface it with the choice. Okay. Um, it's my second favorite horror film of all time. 
Holy shit. Which means now we will have covered seven movies on my top 10 favorite oh, list. Oh my goodness. The original 1981, My Bloody Valentine, um, which I have a tattoo of on my arm, which again, I'm showing you. He show, he's showing me can't right see now. Um, The Miner. I mm-hmm. fucking love this movie. I can't wait to talk about it, how I first watched it. Um, I wish we could watch this and the remake so that we could talk about both at the same time because they are really important to how much I love the first one. Um, well, yeah, let's, let's keep our options open. Maybe we can pull something off when we get more time. Maybe we can do like a double feature back-to-back pods, maybe thir- 13 and 14, but let's not confirm that. But I am no, let's very... focus on the 1981 original My Bloody Valentine. And here's the catch. If you can watch the unrated, I'm telling you this and also the audience, uh-huh. if you can watch the unrated like version, it's so much better. Um, if you okay. can't, that's fine. But, you know, so if you want to watch the unrated, you have to get the DVD or Blu-ray. I don't think it's available to rent. Um, did you ever pick up a Blu-ray copy of this? No, but cool. I will. You should. They got some dope artwork. Have you seen the artwork for the I've shop? Seen, I've seen a lot of the really cool artwork for it, though. I will say that. And then they had that figure that was with the Blu-ray that you could order from Shop Factory. Yeah, and- I wanted to do that Whoa. for you, but a lot of stuff happened during that time, and I couldn't. Hey, couldn't do it. you got me the Toonie Terrors, though, one, and that uh, is sick as shit. Second best I could do, but... What are you talking, dude? It looks so sick. Him just like slumping there. It does look awesome. It comes with the heart shaped box and whatnot. It looks really cool. Hey, if you got the spare time, peeps, I also made a My Bloody Valentine fan film. Yeah, we'll pitch. We'll pitch that into the at that episode because we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Because when you first pitched that to me, we have a little bit of story we could talk to about that. Okay, yeah, let's save it for that. All right, man. Sorry, saucy dill. It was a good episode, and let's uh, let's get let's get sweet. Let's bring the heart to our Valentine's Day episode, and maybe, just maybe, we'll have two little bonus episodes right before the release of the Valentine's Day episode, featuring a couple of ladies in our lives. Could be very interesting because I got I'll tell you what though, I got some questions. For your lady. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I am not holding back. I wouldn't. So hopefully that's something we can do. Either way, we'll be talking about my bloody Valentine for Valentine's Day. And uh all right, kid, I love you. You know, I love you too, but you know, one day we should, if we're gonna cover like a holiday, we uh-huh. should pick a movie that's completely unrelated to that holiday. That might be fun. So for St. Patrick's Day. When you think I'm about to say, you know, Leprechaun 2 or something, I'll pick what? Like another holiday horror or just anything? Yeah, like uh, Father's Day. We can watch... Um, or April Fool's or... Mother, but what was the one directed by the guy, uh, Gary Marshall's... Uh, what was it? Uh, he did like... What did he do? He did like Mother's Day. He did New Year's Eve. He did like three like day movies before he died. Mm. It had every actor ever in it. You remember this? Oh shit! You're talking about the um, like the more recent. I thought you were talking about horror films. You're talking no, about no, like no, no. The, I'm talking Jason about the Sudeikis and 
he was in there was like valentine's Valentine's day Day was one mother's day new year's eve yes that was the three that's the three yeah there's like uh what's his face ashton kutcher's in valentine's kutcher's in one he plays like a florist jennifer Uh, aniston's in new year and mother's day um julia roberts is one in one of them bradley cooper plays like a, a a guy who then you come to find out you think he has this crazy like chemistry with this girl he met on a plane, but it turns out he's like gay with another character. I think Ludacris is one. It'd be amazing if Ludacris was the guy who was Bradley Cooper was dating. Bradley Cooper was gay in Wet Hot American Summer. He was with Michael Ian Black. I he believe. skipped out on his high school graduation to film that movie. That's pretty dope. He's like, why, why aren't you going to be with us graduating? Uh, I got to go make out with a, a future member of the comedy troupe. A- the state a sex scene in a shed that's pretty dope i would have skipped out on my graduation for that even if it wasn't being filmed <laughs> i tell you what i'd skip i'd skip out on a lot of things for a shed sex scene with bradley cooper are you kidding sweet crow get that peach peeled coopers can stick it in my pooper good night <laughs>